Hey church, it's so good to be with you today. It's, I'm so glad that you're able to join us uh, for the service today. We're gonna get right into the word, but before that, I wanna give honor where honor is due. Uh, what an awesome two weeks we've had with the word of God. Uh, you know, our family life pastor, uh, Talent, who brought such a phenomenal, awesome word on the, uh, on the infallible word of God. And last week, my spiritual father who brought in such a deep and rich word on the essence of faith. Um, powerful sermons. If you have the time and you want to go back, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those messages again. Uh, they're rich, deep messages that will transform your life. They'll renew your mind and transform your life. And we're so grateful to God uh, that God has blessed us with such good communicators. Uh, you know, good communication, especially where the Word of God is concerned, is where the person becomes invisible and God becomes visible. And I'm believing that today uh, that God will use this vessel uh, to become invisible and He will become visible in His Word. And I'm believing uh, that you will hear God speak to you today. The title of my message today is The Voice of Innocence. The Voice of Innocence. Um, I want to just read one verse from the book of Romans and we'll start from there. It's for Romans chapter 4. Uh, and we'll read just verse 13. Uh, it says this, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. I'm going to read that again. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of of faith. You know, most of us have received promises from God uh, and some of us have received promises and we've seen these promises come to pass in our lives. We've seen these promises manifest in our lives and some of us have received promises but we've, we've not seen the manifestation of those promises uh, and we're waiting for these promises to uh, manifest in our lives. But Abraham, in the book of Romans, Paul says Abraham also received promises from God. He received a promise, but this promise did not come uh, through the law, but it came through the righteousness of faith. This term righteousness of faith is a very interesting term uh, in the book of Romans. Uh, the word righteousness in, the, in Greek uh, is, is the word dikeosne. Uh, and what that word means is justice. And the word faith is the word pistis, which means uh, to believe in God, to believe in His promises, to believe His word. Just to believe means, faith means just to believe God. Um, and you know, and, and what Paul is saying is that Abraham uh, did not receive the promise through the law of Moses, listen to me very carefully because we're talking about two separate covenants now. He did not, Abraham did not receive the promise through the law, which is of works, but he received the promise through the righteousness of faith, which means he received the promise through justice that was imputed to him because he believed. He received the promise because of justice that was imputed to him 
because he chose to believe. In other words, Abraham, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So if you were to think about it in banking, it would mean that it would mean that uh, Abraham had an account. Okay, Abraham had an account and God had an account uh, with Abraham. And every time Abraham believed God, God accounted or filled righteousness into his account. It's very important that you understand this. Every time Abraham believed God and the, and, the, and the Bible goes on to say, the book of Romans goes on to say that Abraham's faith was unwavering with God, which means that God had promised Abraham and Abraham held on to that promise and it was an unshakable faith. It was an unshakable he was unmovable. He was not movable. His faith was not movable at all because he believed God. What did he believe? God who gave Abraham the promise was the one who had the ability to see that promise come to pass. And Abraham was unmovable. He was unshakable. No matter what was happening in his life, Abraham continued to hold fast to the promise, to the nature of God. Not just God giving His Word, which is phenomenal. God giving you His Word is phenomenal. But also His nature that He would make this promise come to pass. He has the ability to make this promise come to pass. Many of us have received promises, but we look at the circumstances and situations in our lives and sometimes these circumstances and situations are so, the voice of the circumstances are so loud that, we, that it drowns out God's voice in our lives, God's, our, our, our knowledge of God's ability in our lives. But Abraham, he was unwavering in his faith, in God's promises and God's ability to fulfill his promises. You know, the, the story goes on in, in, in Romans chapter 4. It goes on to talk about how Abraham believed God even though he was old in age. He was old in age to the point where he could not have children. And Sarah was so, so many years, advanced so many years that, that she could not bear children. But yet Abraham believed God. That God who gave him a promise that he will have a son will see it come to pass. Such a phenomenal thing for a man who is advanced in years to still believe God, that God who gave him a word will accomplish what he has promised. And that's why the Bible goes on to say that because Abraham believed God, God accounted to him for righteousness. That word righteousness, like I explained a few minutes ago, is the word justice. When justice is added to a person's life, it means that before God, he is innocent. And this is very important for us to understand because innocence is very, very powerful before God. When Abraham, this is, we're talking about before the law. Now the law hadn't even come into play. Before the law, Abraham was a heathen when God spoke to him. And as a heathen, he made a choice to believe God's word. 
believe God's word and believe God's character, God's nature, God's abilities. He chose to really put his faith, unshakable, unmovable faith in God. And God added to him justice, which meant that the wages of sin, which was corruption and death, was taken away from Abraham because God, because of his faith in God, God added innocence to him. God added justice, which means the price that was meant to be paid by Abraham, because of his faith in God, God removed the price and added justice or innocence to Abraham. Now we must understand that when God added justice to Abraham, he was innocent before God. It is that innocence that enabled Abraham to have children in an old age. Very powerful. We must understand that Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham was well advanced in his age. He was over a hundred years old. Sarah had gone past the age of bearing children, which means their body had started deteriorating. Old age, it started aging. You must understand what injustice does to your body. When, when, because there was no sacrifice, you must understand, there was no sacrifice at that time. There was no blood of Jesus that paid the price for Abraham. And because of that, he, he, his body had started aging because of the wage. But when he believed God, he put his faith in God and, and, and held to God's promises in his life. God added justice to his account. And when God added justice to his account, innocence began to take an effect on his body. Innocence, it did a age reversal and made Abraham and Sarah young again. Oh, come on, this is powerful. Innocence is God's anti-aging element. Innocence, when you are innocent before God, there is no accusation against you. If there is no accusation against you, there is no condemnation or judgment against you. When there is no judgment against you, there is no wage to pay. When this is your portion, now innocence actually reverses every injustice that has happened in your life. Come on, this is powerful. It's very powerful. Abraham was advancing in his life like everybody else on the planet. He was advancing, he was getting older and older. And all of a sudden, because God added justice to his life, God added righteousness to his account, now, Abraham was suddenly innocent on the inside of him. And because of that innocence, it started making him young again. It brought him to a place where he was able now to have his own children again. Oh, this is powerful. We must understand that is in the Old Covenant. That's in the Old Testament. Just imagine for you and me now in the new covenant. The new covenant is a covenant of grace, ladies and gentlemen. And grace is God's ability in our lives. 
Because of what Jesus has done, if you choose to believe in Jesus, every sin, past, present and future has been completely wiped clean by the blood of Jesus. You must understand, Jesus is called the high priest of our confession. And he as a high priest has gone into the most holy place with his blood. He gone into the, he's offered his blood as a sacrifice for our sin. So which means Jesus died as you and me and he's taken his blood as you and me, as our blood before the throne of God and offered it to God. And now God has, his, has been, sin has been appeased. God is appeased now because now whoever believes in Jesus there is no wage to pay. So there is no injustice in your life and my life. If you believe in Jesus, now the Bible says that you and I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Which means when you believe Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus, you believe His word and you put your faith in, in what He has done on the cross for you and me. Now, you are brought into Jesus, right? You are brought into His account. God has accounted righteousness to Jesus because of His sacrifice. And because of that now, you, His account becomes your account. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. His justice that He has received becomes your justice that you receive. His innocence becomes your innocence. And ladies and gentlemen, when you are innocent before God, there is no accuser for you and me. Come on. There is no wage of sin for you to pay anymore. Why? Because Jesus has paid the price for you and me. This is very powerful. Innocence in your body communicates to God when injustice is coming to take your body. It's coming to take your life. When there's injustice happening around you, ladies and gentlemen, innocence begins to communicate to God that you are innocent before Him. And when you are innocent before God, it begins to remove, it begins to reverse the effects of injustice in your life. This is very powerful. You know, in a, in a grace culture, we embrace the truth that we are justified. Justified means just as if I have never sinned. And it's not people. God looks at you like that. God looks at you in Christ just as if you have never sinned. Never ever sinned. And you will never ever sin again. If you and I embrace justification by faith, if you and I embrace that, that justice is now added to our account. I want to present to you what innocence does to transform your life. Because innocence is very, very powerful. A lot of us try to prove our innocence. But I want to say something to you right now. Your innocence was proven on the cross. 
over 2,000 years ago. Your innocence before God is proven through the shed blood of Jesus. So why don't you and I come into this place in our minds where we begin to start our life, start our day, start the year, not believing that we are sinners trying to become innocent. We're innocent and now from innocence we communicate to God in a grace culture. We live our lives knowing that we are already justified. Knowing that we innocence has been added to our account. Justice has been added to our account. But today I want to present to you how innocence transforms your life. I would love for you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 8. And I want to read a familiar story, Luke chapter 8, and we'll read from verses 40 onwards. And so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was the ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come into his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying. Now, Luke says she was dying. The book of Matthew says she had already died. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. It's very important information. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her life on physicians and could not be healed by any, came behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed Immediately, verse 48, Jesus said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. It's amazing. We see Jesus being approached by a multitude of people, by, by many people on the shore. And as he was teaching them, uh, Jairus comes to him and says, hey, listen, Jesus, my, my daughter is dying. And he, he demonstrates faith to Jesus. You must understand, God responds to faith. And so he says to Jesus, Jesus, my daughter is dying. If you can come and lay your hands on her, she will live. 
that Jesus gets up and he walks with Jairus. And now the story moves from this scene into another scene where a woman who probably has heard about Jesus being a healer, Jesus being somebody who who, uh, provides justice uh, for those who are experiencing injustice in their body. See, sickness is, is the effect of injustice in your body. And so this woman, you must understand this is pre-cross. So this woman who's experiencing injustice for the last 12 years, just imagine she has lost all her money because of this. That in itself is injustice. And then on top of that, she's sick in her body, which is another injustice. And she sees Jesus now providing justice by healing people. There's something different about this man who's providing justice in people's bodies. So in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, we see the same story. She said to herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She said to herself, the Passion Translation said, says that she kept repeating. She kept telling herself, if I may only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. The Passion Translation goes on to reveal what part of the garment she actually wanted to touch. She wanted to touch the the tassels of the prayer shawl that Jewish people wore when they prayed. They wore it around themselves and and as a teacher, Jesus would have worn that prayer shawl and was walking down the street and she, she knew that this man was a man of prayer. If he's a man of prayer, which means he understands the dynamic of justice. Communication with God when you are innocent is different to when you are guilty. And so now she understood that if she can only touch the hem, the, 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 the tassels of his prayer shawl, I will be made well. She did not go to Jesus and ask him. She didn't say, let me pray to Jesus. She didn't say, let me pray, let me fast. Let me fast and pray. Let me read the Torah five times before I can approach Jesus. She understood this woman was living in the new covenant at the time when Jesus was alive. Come on, this is powerful. So she said to herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, if I may touch the tassels of his prayer shawl, I will be healed. Now, you must understand that in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, it says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's very important. When you hear a testimony, it's not a story about somebody, but it is a story about someone. A testimony is God at work. It is Jesus at work. And every time you listen to a testimony and you, this woman would have listened to many testimonies of Jesus healing people. And that word that people shared with her, that testimony is the word that got embedded into her heart. And when it got embedded into her heart, she began to believe that word. When she believed that word, faith began to rise up on the inside of her. Not just her faith, but the faith that was that is embedded in the word. We must understand that you cannot wake up one day and say, I have faith. 
faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the word of God, in the word of God is embedded faith. God embeds faith, his faith in his word. And when you choose to believe his word, now his faith begins to now begin to, to come out of you. So this woman had the faith of God on the inside of her that she began to cry out and say, listen, if I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. If I only touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She just kept repeating. She kept telling herself that. And the more she said it, the more faith began to grow because she was repeating the word. Until it came, the, the faith in her, ladies and gentlemen, drove her to act. Can you imagine being a woman who, ha who has an issue of blood crawling between the feet of men while Jesus is walking to touch the hem of his garment? This is the most daring act for a woman in those days to do. He's walking. He's not sitting down. He's walking to a place and she gets on her knees through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment. See, faith... Like Pastor Neil said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It is this faith that causes you to do things that consciously you wouldn't do. If you were in your right mind, in, the, in, your, in, your, in control of your life, you wouldn't do things that you would do when faith begins to take control over you. And this woman, suffering for 12 years, suffering injustice for 12 years, receives a testimony of Jesus. When she receives that testimony, it gets on the inside of her and she gets, keeps repeating it. And the more she repeats that testimony, the more faith begins to grow on the inside of her. To a point where now, she actually acted out what she was saying. A lot of Christians quote scripture, but they don't act out the scripture. A lot of Christians quote scripture, but they fail to act out the faith that they're experiencing on the inside. But this woman gets on her knees, touches the hem of, a, of God's garment, and she gets completely healed. And in that moment, Jesus realizes, hold on a minute, power to heal left me. Huh. How did that happen? Just remember, we're talking about innocence now. Don't forget that I was talking about how God added innocence to Abraham because of his faith. And we're talking about this woman who is also an unbeliever who now heard a testimony and became a believer. She didn't convert her religion. She just became a believer in Jesus because of the testimonies. She believes and faith causes her to act out what she believes. And she receives her healing. She receives a healing because while Jesus is walking, power leaves him. He's walking now. Please understand, first and foremost, Jesus is fully aware of the power of God in him. 
and he's taking that power now and he's going to raise a child from the dead. And suddenly while he's walking, power leaves him to go heal somebody else. I mean, that is incredible. But Jesus realizes power left him and someone got healed. I just want to, I just want to present something to you. He's walking in a crowd and people are tugging at him. They're pushing him. They're, they're, they're probably, it's, you know, it's not like, a, it's not like the streets in, in our city, you know, where it's like you can probably sleep on it and it's like so smooth. It, it, it's a, probably a rocky road. It's, it's you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's kind of narrow or wide or whatever. And people are pushing, they're pushing one another and they're walking down the street to this place. It's cobblestones, it's big stones, small stones. People are, you know, bumping on stones into him. But there was something about, there was a difference between their touch and her touch. When they touched him, they were probably going to check out what Jesus is doing. Hey, someone came to Jesus. He's going to raise the dead man. Come, let's go check it out. And they were bumping into him and no power transferred. But she didn't go to check out what Jesus was doing. She went to check Jesus out. She went to check him out. I want, I want to exercise this faith and I believe that when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And she was healed and Jesus knew, ah, somebody touched me because I knew, I know that power left my body. So he stops and he says, who touched me? And everybody denies it because they, they, I mean, can you imagine they're lying? To Jesus, they're all bumping into him. And like, no, 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 I, well, I didn't touch you. He, he did it. She did it. Probably he did it. He did it. And he was looking for the one who received power. And so now this woman comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, I was the one who touched you. And I got healed. This is an amazing story. Keeping in mind Abraham and what I shared in the beginning, this woman, because she believed the word from a testimony, she believed the word about Jesus and faith began to grow, mature on the inside of her. And because faith began to mature on the inside of her, justice was added to her account. Come on now. She's not a Christian. But because she believed testimony, she believed the testimony, she believed the word of God. God added righteousness. It is the nature of God to add righteousness to those who believe, who believe in Jesus. Not just those who follow Jesus because there were a lot of people that were following him, but none of them were believing in him because if they believed in him, power would have been transferring all over the place. But this woman believed Jesus. And because of that, God added justice to her account. When God added justice to her account, innocence, innocence pulled the power, made a withdrawal from Jesus' account into her account. This is very, very powerful, ladies and gentlemen. It's groundbreaking revelation. 
If you can only see what I'm seeing right now, you would understand what God is saying to you today. When we have faith, unshakable faith, no matter, even if it's 12 years of bleeding, I have faith. God gave me a promise. I believe it. He will fulfill it. Until He fulfills it, I will believe it. That's the kind of faith that God added righteousness to. When He added justice to her account, justice means that she's innocent. If she is innocent, now please listen to me. Where all of this is happening in the spirit, in the soul realm, not in the physical because she was still sick till she touched the hem of his garment, till she acted it out. Faith is in the mind. It's in the soul realm. It's in the mind. And when she began to allow her mind to be renewed by the word of God, now righteousness was added to her account. Justice was in her mind. Justice, innocence was in her mind. She went to Jesus innocently. And innocence made the withdrawal of power that was in Jesus' account. And when innocence made the withdrawal, Jesus knew, hold on a minute, I am sinless. Jesus was sinless. Which means Jesus had a righteousness account. Come on. Jesus had a justice account. And Jesus' justice account was full of innocence and full of power. And when this woman, who was also innocent, came to Jesus and touched him with innocence, she made a withdrawal from his account to her account. And what Jesus was experiencing, she started experiencing. Come on, this is powerful. What Jesus was experiencing, Jesus wasn't sick in his body at that time. He was perfect. He was whole. He was sinless. She began to experience perfection. She began to experience wholeness. She began to experience perfect health in her body. Why? Because she made a withdrawal. Innocence made a withdrawal. No matter what is going on in your life, Our primary responsibility as believers, not just Christians, as believers in Jesus is to believe the word of God. Believe in the nature of God. That even if you've not experienced it and you've heard that somebody else has experienced it, make a choice to believe it. Believe in the word and believe in God's nature. See, every time we share a testimony at the service, we're not just telling you about the story of the testimony. We're revealing the nature of God towards a person. Every time we reveal the nature of God, you have to make a mental note that that is who God is to you. Because there comes a point in time where you need a breakthrough in your life. And when you need a breakthrough in your life, you've got to understand, my God, Jesus' account is my account. Jesus' account of righteousness is your account of righteousness. Jesus' innocence is your innocence. And at any point in time, innocence will make a withdrawal of the power of God in your life for your 
breakthrough. I would love for you to go to um, Romans chapter 1 and we'll read two verses and we'll get a little deeper in the word now, okay? Um, Verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want you to say it to yourself. I want you to say it out aloud. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want you to repeat it again. Come on, now say it a little more boldly. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. There we go. For everyone who believes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news of Christ. Every time you hear a testimony, it's a good news of Christ, that Christ has done something phenomenal in somebody's life. Christ, remember the word Christ, okay? For it, the gospel, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now, I want you to go to verse 17 now. For in it, in the gospel, here we go, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, for the gospel is the power of God for everyone who believes. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Now the word salvation also means that when you receive the good news of Jesus Christ for a certain area of injustice that is happening in your life, now the gospel is the power of God to save you from experiencing the wages of injustice in your life And He pulls you from that place into experiencing innocence, which is the wages of justice in your life. It's very important that you understand this because we have been called, we've been brought out of darkness into the kingdom of light. When we started believing the Word of God, when we started believing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in the gospel, the justice of God is revealed from faith to faith. Come on now. Ladies and gentlemen, the way we grow in our understanding of justice is from faith to faith. Which means when you step into a place where you understand God's goodness to you, God's faithfulness, God's love, God's ability in your life. When you understand that every sin, past, present and future has been taken away from you, you're no longer going to pay a price for it. You are the righteousness. You are the justice of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when injustice is happening in your life, you will not succumb to it. You will not pay the wage of it. But in fact, innocence begins to communicate to God. You have the power now over injustice in your life 
because of the revelation of righteousness that has been imputed to you. Because of your faith in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, you believe that you have become the righteousness of God, which means the, the innocence, the justice that is imputed to Jesus is now the same justice that has been imputed to you. If you make a mistake, guess what? Innocence speaks a better word for you. I want you to quickly now go to Romans chapter 10 And I want you to read with me just the first line of verse 6. It says this, But the righteousness of faith speaks. I'll read it again. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Just read verse 8 with me now. But what does it say? It says this, The word is near you. The word is in your mouth. And the word is in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, that is justice, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is very powerful. He's saying, hey guys, the righteousness of faith speaks, which means the, the justice that you've experienced speaks. The justice that God has imputed to you speaks on behalf of you. This is powerful, my gosh. Your innocence speaks to God. The innocence of the woman spoke to Jesus when she touched the hem of his garment. But it all begins with this. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. So righteousness begins with the mind. It begins with the renewing of the mind. Justice begins with the renewing of the mind. You've got to come into a place where you know without a shadow of doubt that you are innocent before God. No matter what has happened in your life, when you chose to believe in Jesus, God made you innocent. He made you justified. He justified you. He made you innocent. And when you start believing, your mind is renewed by that. As you start believing it, guess what happens? Your mouth begins to confess what you believe. So as your mind is renewed by, what, by the innocence, by the justification of what Jesus has done for you, guess what? Your mouth begins to confess that you are justified. Just as if I have never sinned. Just as if I have never sinned. I live my life just as if I have never sinned. I will start this day just as if I have never sinned. I will finish this year just as if I have never 
sin. I will start 2021 just as if I have never sinned. And he says this, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation from what? Salvation from experiencing injustice in any area. It could be debt. It could be marriage. It could be relationships. It could be finances. It could be any area of your life. It could be health. If there is injustice happening, let me tell you something. If sickness is in your body, injustice is happening to you. If you're aging too quickly, injustice is happening to you. When I say injustice is happening to you, injustice is speaking louder than justice should be speaking in your life. She allowed her mind to be renewed by the testimony of Jesus. Faith began to mature on the inside of her to a point where she was confessing what she was going to experience. You must understand, prophecy is a divine word of God that comes to create your future. When you receive a word from God, it's a prophetic word that begins to create your future. You cannot create a future around you that you cannot see in your mind. The word of God, a prophecy, a word of God comes on the inside of you and when you believe it, it starts creating your future in your mind. And when it creates your future in your mind, faith begins to grow and takes control of your mouth and begins to speak the future that you will live in. When you speak the future that you will live in, it is the future that you will act out. And when you act out your future, you create it according to the plan that God has for your life. Powerful. Very powerful. And so this woman allowed her faith to grow from one level of faith to a level of acting faith. She, she, her faith, she received faith when she heard the word and she allowed faith to grow from faith to faith, to act it out. But in that, from faith to faith, the justice of God is revealed. Which means when you get a fresh revelation of God's righteousness, God's justice that is imputed to you, you grow from faith to faith. You grow from faith to faith. It is between faith, from one level of faith to another level of faith, that justice or innocence is what is imputed to you. Some of us need to embrace the thought that God doesn't look at us as guilty people. God sees us as innocent. We are innocent before Him. We are justified before Him. Jesus was the prototype of how we should live our lives on the earth. Jesus did not pray before God saying, God, 
I'm a sinner, God, you know. Please forgive me, God, my Father. In fact, Jesus understood that his innocence was so powerful that what God had imputed to him had the power to now release innocence or healing or deliverance to those who are struggling under injustice. Let me give you an example. A leper one day comes to Jesus and in those days, if a leper touched a Jew, the Jew became unclean. That's what the law said. But when Jesus walked the earth, leper, a leper came to him and said, God, if you can only touch me, I will be made clean. I will be made whole. If you can only say the word. These people come to Jesus and make statements of faith like that. And Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus touched him and he was made clean. How can a leper, how can Jesus touch a leper and Jesus not become unclean. In fact, the leper becomes clean when innocence touches it. The Bible says, Jesus says in, in the Gospels, he says, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. Why is he doing that? Because he understands that innocence, justice, is what God desires. Innocence is more powerful than injustice. Maybe some of us have experienced injustice in our lives. Maybe some of us are hurt. We carry hurt, we carry bitterness, we carry envy, jealousy, pain in our lives. I wanna encourage you that the voice of innocence in your life is more powerful than the voice of injustice in your life. Innocence, when innocence speaks to God, when innocence speaks on behalf of you, it attracts the power of God in your life. You must understand, this woman did not go to Jesus and ask Jesus for a miracle. It completely changes how we pray. When innocence begins to talk to God about injustice that is happening in your life. See, Abraham did not go to God and pray, God, please give me a son. God, please give me a son. God, you promise. God, you promise. God, you promise. But he just held on. No matter what was happening in his life, he just held on to the promise that God made. And it, God saw his faith and added justice to his life. What you and I need for the breakthrough in our life is justice, ladies and gentlemen. What you and I need for a breakthrough, for miracle signs and wonders to happen in our life is a revelation of justice. I don't know what is in your mind. I don't know what you think in your mind. I don't know what your mind speaks to God. Maybe some of you have made mistakes in your life and you feel guilty about it. Maybe some of you have done something and you feel condemned about it. But what is 
what is in your mind communicates to God because you choose to believe it if you were truly to look into your heart today would God find your conscience testifying that you are innocent would God find would God hear your heart saying you've done nothing wrong some people do wrong and they pretend before God and people that they're innocent but let me tell you something psalm 51 says god desires truth from your inward parts truth from the inside out be truthful before god be righteous before god be holy before god be blameless before god it's not your choice but it's got to do with what you believe in your heart Yes injustice has happened to you but injustice cannot speak louder than justice that God has provided in your life God has imputed into your life So today in closing I want to remind you church that we believe that we are innocent before God and this innocence has the power to bring salvation so this week i want to declare that you will experience salvation in every area of your life we have awesome teams that are waiting for you to pray with you there are awesome teams that are waiting to greet you and this is your first time to our awesome church hey why don't you get on the zoom link and just say hi to them and and they're going to greet you and get some information off you and and just get to know you better if you need prayer if you need someone innocent to pray on your behalf we've got an awesome team that is ready raring to go to pray and prophesy and declare the divine word of god over your life so i bless you church kelsey and i love you and we will see you next week bless you